BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello there and welcome to the Como Sports End Zone. I'm Como News Sports Director Nico Tamurin along with my good friend and Como producer Naji Moye. Naji, welcome back my friend. It's good to be back. How's it going? It's going pretty good. It's a holiday week. You ready? Yes, yes. Big week. Thanksgiving, cranberry sauce, ham, <laughs> turkey, stuffing, all the good things, including a lot of football to talk about. Best food at Thanksgiving. I mean, that's really what this podcast is all about this week. I mean, stuffing or dressing, depending on where yeah. you're from. I think that's number one. Turkey, number two. Cranberry, number three. End of list. Honestly. Honestly, I, I have to carbon copy that list. Really? Stuffing with some gravy on it. Of course. Turkey, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, cranberry. And sometimes I like a little like rice or rice pilaf with it. But Rice pilaf. You that'd know. be like 3A or 4 on the yeah. list. I like ham, too, but it's it's not a main character yeah. to me. It's Maybe a roll, a hot roll. I think all these things combined, you have a great But your top three is my top three. That's good. We agree on something, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening right now. And uh, we've got a lot of football in the Pacific Northwest this weekend. Obviously, uh, everybody talking about the Apple Cup, but we're going to talk about the Seahawks a little bit, at least for uh, the majority of this Como Sports End Zone podcast, because here's the deal, Nash. It's, it's yes, the winning streak was snapped by Tampa Bay, uh, but you've had a week off. You've had time to reset, and I think this team was in a great spot. Pete Carroll said they had like a pep in their step in the walkthrough, and I think that it's something that, this will set the tone for the second half of the season. You've got a team that's 6-4 and four, that's better than a lot of people thought, but it's still in that territory where if you don't turn it on and you start losing, that playoff bid that seems closer than we ever, I shouldn't say we, but a lot of people ever thought was in grass, kind of gets a little bit blurry or muddy. But if you get this one, especially over the Raiders, um, and we were talking before we started recording about the upcoming schedule, right? Um, that's certainly going to be something that you need to start this so-called second half with a win and maybe get that momentum rolling. This, I, you know, people use the game, the, the phrase trap game a lot. And when you talked about the schedule, it's it's crazy to consider a 3-7 and seven game against the Raiders and then a follow-up 3-7 and seven game against the Rams. The, I, I, the Seahawks are not looking forward to the Rams. They look focused on the Raiders. Pete Carroll is making sure they stay focused on the Raiders. But you have I mean, the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, you're playing them in two weeks. Yeah. How does this impact their game against the Raiders? It could. It probably won't because Pete Carroll is a legend in the city, outside the city, and Geno Smith will lead his team to, ideally, a great bounce-back win after a bye week, after a trip to Germany. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because this is one of those things, What your point about potentially looking ahead, you could never ask the team. If any, any me, any other TV print reporter went up there and said, are you guys looking ahead to the – they will get laughed at. Yeah. But it, but it, you know it's human nature. These guys are pros. I get it. To your point, everything you said, Pete Carroll's a legend. But they are human. And right. They, and they look at the schedule. Right. Just like they look at social media, but they'll say that they oftentimes don't. Unless you're Geno Smith, who replies to people. And we talked about that before. And that's funny. But We love the fan engagement, you know, Keep it going. Exactly. Uh, but it's a fair point because, you know, you look at these next three games, the Raiders, the Rams, and the Panthers. Those are games that, in theory, the Seahawks will be favored in all of. Maybe they are a slight underdog at L.A., you know, whatever. Whatever. 
but in addition to whatever whatever role they play in the odds makers eyes there are three games that will go a long way in determining if this team is going to the postseason or not there's a big difference between nine and four and six and seven obviously of course there's a big difference between nine and four and seven and six even yep and so this three game stretch with three very winnable games every game in the nfl is winnable but three games that you may be favored in um certainly could go a long way in seeing what this team does for the postseason and you know as we talk about records i mean i'm, I'm looking at the schedule and after that three game stretch we have the niners just played in mexico city against the cardinals look like a madden created team out there <laughs> they have the exact same record as the seahawks right now same division we'll see i mean we need to bank wins right and this is a good week to start banking you know here's the thing and and, and after those three games we talked about is by the way the Niners here Thursday night Amazon game that'll be a lot of fun on the 11th I think it's the 11th correct me if I'm wrong 15th 15th thank you um but that's gonna be a showdown you can already tell Arizona's floundering the Rams are floundering and even if the Rams say beat the Seahawks they're still floundering overall right right that game could very well go a long way in determining the NFC West champion because right now the Niners have the tiebreaker. But if the Seahawks win, then you get into margin of victory, point differences, all these, you know, convoluted tiebreakers. And so go into that game. Moment, let's think about it this way. Um, right now, the Seahawks playoffs chance is hovering around 80%. If you look at some of those crazy computer things, I don't know how they come up with this stuff. Do you? Ah. Uh. AI, numbers, math. The reason why I'm doing this is because I'm not good at math, first of all. <laughs> but, I mean, and I'm not good at Excel, and I'm not good at putting together formulas, but obviously they know something that we don't, you know? Yeah. The reason I'm doing sports and not weather is because I stink at math. Hey, Isn't that funny? It, I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, weather in Seattle, what is, I mean, it's difficult to forecast. Props to Shannon and our weather team. Shout out to Shannon. Phenomenal. It's been quite a week weather-wise. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... The Raiders will have to deal with that this week. The Raiders have to deal with that. Let's talk about that. A Vegas team, current forecast calling for 42. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be warm this weekend, but then 42, little rain, little wind, uh, just the way we like it here in town. Just classic Pacific Northwest weather. But you know what? November. One of the things about the Raiders that's really stood out to me is Josh Jacobs. Yeah, having a bit of a resurgence, and maybe, you know, maybe they are kind of ready to win that kind of game. Everybody talks about Carr and Devontae Adams, but I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. I, I think he plays. He, I, you know, who he'd be a perfect Seahawks running back. We're being honest about it. Yeah, big guy. Yeah, big guy, big legs. But he's been doing. I mean, he's 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 been putting up numbers for a while. You know, and and this and this, he's the type of guy that they need him to do well if they have any short any chance against the Seahawks. Honestly, I mean, obviously, our cornerbacks Woolen and Bryant have a big, you know, task ahead of them. Devontae Adams is one of the best in the league after all, and him and Derek Carr have been doing this since college. You know, that's part of the reason why. Adams is back in Las Vegas, well, in Vegas with Carr. Um, but stopping the run is going to be is going to be a big, big part of a, a potential Seahawks victory. I agree with that, too. And I think that we've said this before in this podcast. One of the things I do with predictions is, and I know you do, too, is that, like, we can, you know, so many shows out there, and it's good for them. Mm-hmm. They look at the analytics. They look at the stats, and they're like, well, this matter. Like, I think sports is so much about, you know, momentum and feel yep. and looking at a team. And when I look at the Seahawks team, and even when I look at that loss against Tampa, like it's kind of just like, okay, it happened. I look at Pete Carroll. He's loving life right now. And it just when I and that's one of the cool things about being able to cover this team. You're at the facility. You kind of see how they are. You it, it, Certainly if you're watching their press conferences, like, you know, Abe Lucas and Will Disley on Wednesday going at length about the Apple Cup. I mean, this is a team that's loose. They're not – 
playing or acting tight or anything like that. This is a team that, in my opinion, has the attitude of a winning team. A team that knows that, like, it's just, well, I should want to say it's just the game, but, like, you know they're going into every game like they can win it. They're not putting making everything too serious. They're not getting too high, too low. All those cliches you hear coaches say, well, this team has it. And I think that's what's so important. I think that's what's a difference with this team, uh, certainly as we launch the final seven slash second half of this season. I think, you know, that winning cures everything. And, you know, as we talk about, you know, we talked about Geno Smith at length last week. I mean, we look at in comparison to the Raiders, what we've seen Derek Carr was crying on national TV like last week. Crazy. I mean, and emotions get in. I mean, football's an emotional game. He's a quarterback. He's always been kind of like this emotional guy, you know. I mean, but looking at the numbers, him and Geno Smith are comparable. I'm just – I'm leaning towards – obviously leaning towards Geno a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the Raiders are a tight team. Tight may not be the best thing. You say the Seahawks are loose. The Raiders the exact opposite direction. Right. And listen, to, uh, to the point we've made in talking about Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, some of these guys out there, there's talent there, obviously. But I, I just like you said, I, you know, three and seven. It's not supposed to make a great podcast when the two hosts agree a lot. But I, but I, there's nothing to degree, disagree with on what you just said. It's a, the Hawks have the intangibles, the X factor that can overcome a lot of these things, and it is why they have overcome uh, some of those less than stellar preseason expectations. And yes, the emergence of these rookies that Pete Carroll and John Schneider just absolutely nailed everything on. It's um. Certainly something that I think it, it, it goes a lot with the, the atmosphere there. These rookies are able to be as successful as they've been because of the culture. And that's something Pete Carroll harps on a lot. He's like, people want to play in Seattle. People want to be a part of our culture. It's why a guy like Marquise Goodwin, a veteran that's been everywhere, wants to be on the Hawks this year. Last season, it was Adrian Peterson playing his last NFL games with the Hawks. Right, that's true. And that's what he was saying. People want to be a part of this atmosphere. Uh, and it's, yes, it, yeah, beautiful part of the country. But for these guys, it's being at that VMAC facility, that family atmosphere. You know, there's a basketball hoop in the auditorium where they hold the press conferences, which is also where they do some film review and stuff, uh, or team meetings, whatever you want to call it. It's just a cool place to be. Like, when I'm, I'm not even a part of the team. I just cover it. But I, like, I have a blast when I'm at VMAC. It's a cool place, and I think that that kind of breeds success. And this is the first the Hawks have not been at Lumen Field in about a month. Yeah. I mean, since the Giants came since out. Since the Giants maybe. came out on October yeah. 30th. Yeah, it was a lovely game for <laughs> for us Giants fans like me. Um, but one thing that they did in that game is they shut down Saquon Barkley. They, I mean, Saquon Barkley did not run for very much at all. I mean, if you do that, if you keep doing that, Josh Jacobs, I mean, we'll see, you know. I'm looking, I've got some numbers here for you. And, I mean, and – the Raiders' defense are is like in the twenties as far as like defense, as far as scoring, as right. far as against the pass, against the run, um, and their offense is, you know, is good. It's about middle of the pack, yeah. you know. So we'll see how that goes. But you mentioned um, hanging out at VMAC and the atmosphere. Nothing compares to Lumen Field. Yeah. Nothing compares to the Twelves. It's a different animal altogether. And I know the Raiders have this great, beautiful, brand-new stadium in Las Vegas and with the casino and Mark Davis and all that, and that's great. The Raiders will be shook in this stadium mm-hmm. on Sunday. I can almost promise you that. It, you know, and that's just it. I mean, the Lumen Field atmosphere, the Twelves, the wind howling, it's going to be less than stellar conditions. Right. And we know how noise gets trapped in that place. 
I, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to go if you're trying to get back on track. And yes, the Raiders won last week against some guy named Russ, but it's it's something that, you know, it, <laughs> that's a heck of a place to try and win two in a row. I mean, if you want to bounce back anywhere, if you can do it at Lumen Field, goodness bless you. Yeah. Goodness bless you, but it will be difficult. And Pete Carroll has had weeks to prepare, focus his team up. I think we'll be good. I've been blessed to be at a lot of cool stadiums in my career. Right. Some cool atmospheres, Final Fours, bowl games, uh, Mariners playoffs. We believe. We believe. It'll be even better next year. They will be. Yeah. Yeah. All-star game here next year, too. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my goodness. I am stoked for that. You know, and and there's something about the Lumen Field atmosphere. I'm not going to say it's, like, better or whatever than the, the playoff atmosphere the M's were in. Right. But there's something about it that, like, makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. Even like it just the, the, I don't know what it is, it, it's noise. It's but it's a feel. There's like a an energy about it, and like I know that might sound cliche. It's the coolest stadium in the in it the league, is honestly. I'll yeah. find myself on the field pregame, kind of walking around, scoping things out, seeing if like some guy who's questionable is out there warming up, right. doing those normal reporter things. Right. But I'm oftentimes not even caring as much about that as I am like, wow, just doing like a look around and saying like, this it's is, so cool to be there. It is, and I th- and and. Other NFL atmospheres are cool, but there's just something special about Lumen, you know. You, you and I think that that's one of those X factors. And and I know everybody in Seattle knows that, but it's worth repeating because it is so. It is it is a difference. It is a legitimate difference maker. Yeah, and you you did mention the injury. Um, checking to see if a player is injured or not. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Seahawks injury report, and I, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a diehard Giants fan. You might know also that the Giants had six players get hurt last week. Right. This That's is the crazy. time. Of, this is the time of year where you see teams and their depth and how it translates. You know, everyone's banged up. Everyone's got a little rib, a little hand. You know, I'm looking at the Seahawks depth chart. There's four. There's four players listed. There's Dwayne yeah. Estras, there's LJ Collier, there's Cody Barton, and there's Ryan Neal. You mm-hmm. know. I mean, Cody Barton and Ryan Neal are full participants today, too. So, so I mean, we're looking at a team that's mostly healthy at the same time, and that is hard to say in the NFL, this especially at this time of and year. And just as shocking as you as you say that, I pull up the Raiders injury report on Wednesday. The only two guys listed were linebacker Luke Masterson and tackle Colton Miller, and both were limited participants. And so, you know, that's not a did not participate, which is like right. a big red flag, especially if you're a fantasy football player, right? Um, that's about as clean of an injury report as I've ever seen. Yes, the Seahawks are coming off a bye, but really remarkable, especially given uh, the Raiders coming off a game they played last week. Yeah, I mean, and and, we're, and again, the overtime win against Russ. I mean, they needed that definitely. Oh so, my goodness, yeah. So I mean, at the same time, the Seahawks are playing against a team that has is kind of on a little bit of a wanting to have a little bit more of momentum, you know especially after the overtime win against a team that was probably was supposed to be where the Seahawks are now, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, it is an overtime win, you know? Right. Against, so against Russell Wilson, which, I mean, you can kind of, whatever that means at this point in his life, you know? Hey, you know, I want to talk about Geno Smith for a second here too. Remember we were talking last week, episode six, if anybody wants to download it free and shameless plug. Um, it's on Spotify. We d- is it? Well, obviously it is. It is on Spotify. I was just like, is it? it is. Um, you know, we talked at length, obviously, about his contract situation. Will he or won't he come back? We both think he will be back. And I think that to follow up on that conversation, one sign, he was giving away turkeys downtown Seattle earlier this week. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of NFL players do things to get back. But, I mean, we're talking about Geno organizing something that's so important for an underserved uh, part of town. And not just 
thrown money at a problem, which, listen, that's wonderful. When you, if you are able to give monetarily, he, he went there. Yeah. He went there game week, handing out turkeys. That's a really that's a righteous guy right there. I like that. No, I like that a lot. And you know, it's this is the time of year where you see the clips circulating circulating around. Wow, circulating around the internet. Uh, you see Marshawn Lynch and and uh, Richard Sherman on the sideline a couple years ago <laughs> yeah. talking about yeah we're gonna go back to the hood. And you know, Seahawks players, how giving are they? Super giving, right. obviously. You know, and I mean, Geno Smith is just another you know on game week turkeys Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, the city's so. I mean, who does that if they're not gonna? anchor down a little bit right and that's and that's that's what i'm getting at absolutely i'm glad you saw that too is that you know this is i mean listen yes you always want to get back to the town you're a part of of course um but this is a geno smith that you know he said from day one i want to pull up a quote he said today about the seattle fans um and i thought this was really special because it ties in because he really cares about seattle he uh it's just really special i'm going to read you the quotes he said about this and the interaction is really what matters here. So we'll start with the question to Geno Smith was what it's like interacting with fans this season. Well, from the time I got here, this is what Geno said. The fans have been great to me. It was one of the things that really captured my attention. The first time I saw Blue Fridays, which we all love Blue Fridays. Love Blue Fridays. Right. I wear a blue tie anytime I can. Just seeing everybody in their Seahawks uniforms around town made it feel like a college town. And that's and that's the point we're talking about, the support. It's completely true. It's a different vibe here, man. It's different than a New York or LA. You know, and Geno goes on to say Seen, um, it was the first time I'd experienced that type of fan act experience. And really now in a real new role, as he's obviously the starter, it was the first time that I'd inter- experienced that time. I just rewrite the same line. He said after the new role part, I think there are most interactions with fans. I'm out there a little bit more being seen, but they have always been great to me. I remember going to Starbucks before all the games. I still do. But one of the guys who was at the Turkey Drive was one of the guys who would serve me at Starbucks. Since the day I got here, he was always in my corner and saying positive things before the games. That's something I hold dear to my heart is the way these fans interact with the team and how the community really uplifts us. It is a great thing. And that 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 is what you want to see. Oh, yeah, definitely. What's Dino Smith's Starbucks order, though? I'm oh, trying to find that out. That should have been the next question, right? Yeah. But, you know, and, and he went on to say, you know, it was, you know, the turkey drive started with his mom and his grandmothers. They'd always be given back to the community. And, you know, Gino being a Miami guy at West Virginia for college, but being a South Florida uh, born and raised type guy. Right. And that's something that they always implemented to him and then giving back regardless of position or status. And that's the stuff. Listen, let me put it out there. Obviously, Russell Wilson did plenty of charity work here in town. And we saw that with Seattle Children's. Right. But this is Gino that. You know, he's always wanted to do this, and now he's using this newfound platform in a, in a really positive way, not just for his own person, but for an entire community that he very clearly, we just read that quote, even if I butchered it a little bit when I was rereading the same <laughs> It's okay. Lines, uh, that he clearly holds dear. Yeah, no, he he loves it here. And I mean, I, there's, I, I don't want to say, I don't, I'm not in tune on, on the contract talks and how this is going. Sure. And they probably want to make sure it's done or, or it will be done in the offseason. He's not going anywhere. I don't like. There's no way. Yeah. I'd be shocked. Right. I'd be completely shocked. I'd be completely shocked, because I mean, what are the other options? We went down the list last week. You know, I mean, and you know, we talked about that trade with Russell. People are comparing it to Herschel Walker's trade. That's crazy. And well, I mean, we look at the draft order. It's accurate, but it's crazy. It is. Cra- it's crazy that it happened. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um. And not only that, but they. I mean, Shelby Harris. You know, and then Noah Fant. A lot of good players. I love that. Shelby Harris. By he, the way, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I mean, there are a lot of good players in that draft or in that in that trade. And we, I mean, potentially, rise of stands right now. The Seahawks have the fifth pick in the next year's draft. Crazy. Year. You know, I remember the first time I talked to Shelby, he was like, "My goal is to make sure I show Denver, like, hey, you guys 
traded the wrong guy. One hundred percent. And then he did it that night when they won. Yeah. And I just think that's the kind of that's the kind of guy you want on your team. That's another guy with a chip on their shoulder. And that's the difference. Yeah. That's completely di- that's completely different. Honestly, and Geno's had a chip on his shoulder for Ever. goodness knows. I mean, for, since almost <laughs> the beginning, honestly, you know. So I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this Sunday's game. I think the Seahawks will do well. Yeah. I mean, we're they they score a lot of points. The mm-hmm. Raiders are not very good on defense. That may be why they're three and seven. Sure. Um, I'm not going to do a score prediction right now. Is that no, the time? Are I'm, we ready? You don't. You I mean, don't. We can. We, we can. can. It's the holidays. People want to like listen to our podcast quick and then just go eat turkey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a little turkey itis? I know I do. Oh my god, um, I can, that you know what? I'm, I I cannot wait to just stuff my face and then pass out. Yeah, one hundred. And then wake up a few hours later and like watch something. Or, oh, one hundred percent. Don't watch the Giants game. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, because we're playing the Cowboys this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm nervous. Okay. I'm nervous in the service right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super nervous. I, 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 we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a double digit, double digit win. Thirty twenty Seahawks. I'm going. I mean, it would be sh- it would be shocking if it was any closer. I think. Yeah. I mean, and like I said before, potential trap game. If you believe in things like that, the Tyler Rams lock at three touchdowns prediction. Wow, that's big. That's big. Tyler, hey, if you have. If Tyler Lockett is a free agent uh, available on the waivers in your fantasy league, one, why? And two, <laughs> pick him up. Because, I mean, and anyone on the Seahawks offense, if you have Kenny Walker, DK Metcalf, I've been starting Dino Smith in the past couple of weeks in fantasy, and I've been doing a great job. Hey, while we're talking about free agents in fantasy, this isn't Hawks related. Yeah. Well, a dear personal friend of mine, we've talked about this, Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. He's the guy to pick up. He's, yeah. he's been great in Denver last few weeks, and, and now uh, and he's been doing that while splitting carries with Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds. Well, Edmonds isn't going to be playing, and Melvin Gordon was dropped. Tay is the guy. Yeah. Free fantasy advice. He's available in most leagues. Pick him up. I mean, and how much throwing is Russell Wilson going to do at this point? Right. I mean, who, I mean, maybe a lot. but And Tay is a great person. Yeah, he's a big he, guy, too. Yeah, he's, he's like 6'3", 230. Um I, I've had I've, I've been able to cover him a ton of yeah out of Titusville, born in Titusville, then up in uh, up in upstate New York. You're yeah. you're Nicholas. I can say that's right. I, I covered him and we became friends. Uh, even um, and my wife and my our honeymoon was a drive down the Pacific Coast. Highly advise it. That might be a talk of another podcast. We started in Seattle, and this is what started my love for Seattle, which is why I work here today. We were going to go all the way down to San Diego over like a three week period because we had gone to San Diego after we got engaged. Right. Which is a big trip when you live out east. You oh, know, 100%. coming back all the way. And, and you know that. It's exhausting. And, um, but we only made it to the Bay Area for 12 hours because we love Seattle so much. It's and along the way, Latavius had seen on social media that we were on the West Coast. And he said, Hey, are you coming to Napa? And I was like, I certainly can. He's like, Well, I'd love to have you as my guest at camp. He was a member of the Raiders at that time when they were in Oakland and right. they trained in Napa. Right. And he had us out there. I still have pictures of it. And he's just, a, he's just, talk about Gino being a righteous dude. Latavius is there and he's giving back to his hometown in upstate New York a lot, too. He, I, I wish since I got here that like the Seahawks maybe picked him up given the running back injury history. And right. certainly they're set with Kenneth Walker now and guys like DJ Dallas and Travis Homer are great. Right. Uh, but he'd be, he'd be a great culture fit here as well. Um, but that's my 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 nickels worth of free fantasy advice. If he's still available, go get him. He's he's gonna put up some numbers for you. I'll pick him up on a waiver because I need help. I'm trying to. I'm in three leagues, and I'm trying to push one the Como League. Let's not talk about. <laughs> Same here. I, I I hate to bring this up, but I will because I'm on the podcast. Well, with you the beat guy. me last week. Thanks, and we talked about the Niners. 
George Kittle woke up. <laughs> Everyone on the Niners woke up last week. I mean, so, and that's the sort of thing that the Seahawks have to deal with here in about a month or so. You know, I mean, the Niners, I mean, the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions. Give them all the respect in the world. They're having a down year. Yeah. The Niners, with Jimmy G as their quarterback, with their backup quarterback, the best backup quarterback I've ever seen, first of all. <laughs> crazy. I mean, crazy. Are They've got weapons, but at the same time, so does Seattle. I agree. Yeah, I think that uh, it's gonna be it's gonna go down to the last week or two of the season. I think that last game. You know, it's funny. Back in September, I'm gonna dodge off topic for a half sec here. Which sorry, I do that often. It's okay. I said back in September, I thought the Apple Cup was gonna have Pac-12 title implications, and it can if Oregon loses and Huskies win. I think that the Seahawks regular season finale with the Rams will have NFC West title implications. Ooh. It'll it'll like whether it's you know win and you're in or win and need this loss or something like that. I think it's going to have title, conference title, or excuse me, divisional title implications. So that means that the Seahawks would have to maybe, I mean, the Niners and Seahawks would both have to go on a long run. Yeah. A long run. But, I mean, there may be some stumbles on the way. I don't know. Well, you get, to, you know, six and four, six and four, seven games left, line them up, and let's see who wins, right? Yeah. And that, and there's something cool about that. I love that. I love that. And then we, especially when we talk about the Niners game a lot, I may be looking forward to the Niners game more than anyone else, honestly, because it's a revenge game for the Hawks. And a Thursday night, the whole nation's watching, if they can. I think that's a streaming game. People can watch that mostly. I mean, if you don't have Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. But, I mean, I, we're having a lot of fun with this podcast. We're having a lot of fun on Sunday. And also, I mean, this whole holiday weekend, there's just football everywhere. So we, we matched on the, on the fixins list with uh, stuffing, dressing gravy, turkey, cranberry. I say, let's see if we agree on this. I say Hawks 30-20. Do you got a number out there? You just said double digits, right? It'll be, I, I think, yeah. I mean, 30-20, maybe, maybe even a bigger point. Okay. I mean, maybe 37-14. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'm not exactly sold on the Raiders. I mean, yeah, Devontae Adams... I am sold on our cornerbacks, and I'm sold on our defense. We saw how they got. We saw how they can get out the quarterback. We saw if you can get out the quarterback, you can make them make mistakes. Now I was looking at statistics. Geno Smith and Derek Carr, despite Derek Carr's tears last week and the, and the Raiders' record this year, statistically, they're comparable. Yeah, they're yeah. very comparable. Um, and I'll say this too, Naj. You know, you, we, we I think we both say Seahawks minus three and a half. That's a good line. Yeah. Over under it's forty seven and a half. We both have that being relatively close, but over. So uh, it seems like we're onto something here. Now, if we actually bet it, we would lose. But yeah, that's sure. usually how that stuff goes. Oh, definitely. Um, so that's that prediction. Um, boy, oh boy, Apple Cup's a tough one, and I know we don't want to spend too much time on this, but I want to say this: I think the Huskies are a much better team. I love watching that team, especially on offense. But I think the Cougs will have a little bit of that Coug magic and Pullman cold. Snow, all sorts of crap. I think I think it's going to be a very close game, and the Cougs may pull that thing out. But I also wouldn't be shocked if the Huskies just Michael Penix just throws all over the field, and it's not even that close. I was wondering which way you were leaning because you were. I think of... if you like, I've said to a few people in the newsroom, like I think the Cougs might win, but the, and that's that feel momentum thing I was talking about earlier in the show, right? But then I look at it as being able to watch football over the years, and I watch that offense and. Boy, oh boy, that that Huskies offense. Kudos to Kalen DeBoer. He deserves that extension, and that's just the the turnaround is remarkable. And that offense is a thing of beauty. Oh yeah, I, but I do. I'm I'm a little concerned because sure, yeah. historically, and maybe this is just me being a pessimistic New York sports fan. <laughs> 
which is fine. I, I I accept that, and that's part of who I am. But giving a, announcing a contract, you know, extension yeah. the week before the biggest game. Well, one of the biggest game, probably the, definitely the biggest game in the state. Yeah. What does that do? I mean, DeBoer. It's he, interesting. These players want to run through a wall for this guy. Yeah. But, I mean, I the game is in Pullman. But that being said, last year's Huskies are not this year's Huskies. Right. We saw the flag planting last year in Seattle. Right. Two in a row for the Cougs would be difficult, especially against this Husky team. And, I mean, I, I think it'll be a great game. I'm not astute enough to make a prediction on that game. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. But I, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be it'll be a barn burner. I mean, five points, three points. Yeah, yeah and I think there's a lot of points that are put up on the scoreboard. No yeah. question about it. Um but yeah, that's, I mean, we've got the flag planting. Yeah, we've got the coach extension. We got Will Disley and Abe Lucas throwing shots in the press conference today. Will Disley, I'm gonna read you the Will Disley quote because I think it's hilarious. You know, Abe Lucas was pretty like um, respectful, if you will. He was like, "Hey, I think it's gonna be a good game we got last year." But boy, oh boy, I'm gonna read this quote from Will Disley. He says, "I love the Kooks because they're like it might snow," and I'm like. How did that work out for you last time? Talking about that snowball when Cougs could have went to the Pac-12 title game. Husky stopped him. He goes on to say, you kind of play that card no matter what the weather is. It's good. You can. You kind of have to give the little brother a win so they can keep playing with you. And that was referring to last year's win. I think that's... <laughs> I mean... And Will's like joking around. like He's a funny guy. But I think... That's so cool, man. I, I love I love the smack talk coming from both sides. I get what he's saying, though, because, you know, to make it a rivalry, you need both sides to win every now and then, you know? Yeah. I'm looking at, you know, the Cougs' schedule. I mean, Oregon is no slouch, and they came within three points of beating them a couple a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah, so, Cougs ran it, and, and let's not forget here, um, here's the deal with this as well. The Cougs have run into some teams that the Huskies did not. Um, you know, the Cougs lost at USC. The Cougs have that, a big win against against Wisconsin. That was a great win. Yeah. But here's, you know, so the Cougs may be 7-4, and four, but they lost at number 6 USC. The Huskies did not play them. They lost to number 14 oh, at the time, number 14 Utah. Um, that's a team as well that the Huskies did not play. Now, I'm not saying the Huskies will lose to those teams. Um, but seven and four might be closer to nine and two than it appears when it comes to the Cougs. I think these teams are a lot closer, closer in maybe talent and goodness than a lot of people may think. I, yeah. I mean, especially with when you consider the game is in Pullman this year, you know. Yeah, and I and I love that they're they've won three in a row. It's going to be closer than a lot of people would think. I think the Huskies are only favored by two, if I'm not mistaken, and I wouldn't touch it with a. 50 foot bowl because it's a rivalry throw all that stuff out the window i cannot wait to watch it man. it's gonna be so fun 7 30 7 30 7 30 i'm excited it's gonna be a fun game because i mean and this is maybe my third apple cup you know sure so i mean huskies won the first one you saw what happened last year i think this I, is the I, Najee rubber match i i mean it, for my personal i would love to see a close game i love seeing close games yeah anyway. of course you know and so i mean we'll see we'll see this will be great and but it'll be great for the future of the rivalry. Either Absolutely. way, I believe. I think there's two new coaches, Dicker and DeBoer. Um, they're starting what's going to be maybe the next decade of some really fun games between these two schools and what they do elsewhere. Bottom line, I love that both are going to bowl games. Um, I love that both are probably going to cool bowl games. I think the Cougs are going to the Las Vegas Bowl or the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, and I think the Huskies. You know, the, yeah, the New Year's Six stuff is on the table, but even if they don't, it's the Alamo or Holiday Bowl, which are both. 
great holiday destinations. Well, Najee, happy Thanksgiving. Nico, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, buddy. <laughs> uh, I know Najee and I are doing this weekend. We'll be watching a lot of football, and we'll reconvene with you next week um, to see if we were right or wrong about this and take a look at that next big game, as Najee said, for the Hawks against the Rams. We enjoy. hope you enjoy your holiday weekend, and we thank you so much for downloading, tuning in to the Como Sports End Zone. Have a great night.